this really fucking weird thing because you, you told me that you've been looking up a bunch of staten island like videos and, yeah there, there aren't that many <laughs> are there not you sound like you've been you've taken you've taken a deep dive into I the fucking I, watched, I, I, I was like sitting down for about two hours and i think i watched all of them really so <laughs> that's that's not that many yeah. yeah um all right well uh sorry for that loud noise i don't know if you heard it um yeah, so I heard this thing today about Staten Island, which is that uh, it's the marrying of my two favorite things, which is a shitty part of New York and uh, the supernatural, okay? And apparently there was a Staten Island witch. Like, right. yes, there was a Staten Island witch, and she went on trial three times for being a witch, <laughs> which, by the way, right. kind of impressive. Did she have a really good witch lawyer or something? I mean, she had or, to. That's my point, bro. Because back in the day, you had one trial and then they burned you. So like she, the Atticus Finch of witch lawyers was just like, this woman is being yeah. put on trial. I swear to God, man. It's a bunch of racist fucking jurors and one fucking Atticus Finch-esque type lawyer who steps in. That one juror who's unconvinced was like, I don't know. I, I don't think that I'm decided on this one. Yes, I mean, she was caught boiling up babies. <laughs> in the woods but who's to say what she was doing i mean you know we talked about this last time which is just like how many not last time but at some point in our fucking history but how many so-called witches how many women who were accused of being witches just rejected a dude and his revenge was like witch i mean that had to have happened because it's like staten island (laughs) i mean it's notorious for asshole men let's just throw that out there right now you think that like a, a guido in the 1600s was just like Witch. She's a fucking witch. Yo, don't listen to a fucking word she says about me. She didn't turn me down. I turned her down because she's a goddamn witch. I'm fucking done. She came up to me with a fucking witch way saying, Lay, let me suck your witch dick. And I'm like, I ain't a witch, bitch. That's you, you know? Like the whole fucking thing like reeks of just Guido witchness and shit. And I, I it for me it's hilarious. But this is like an old like I, I don't know. I'm picturing I, like the situation from Jersey Shore wearing like a pilgrim hat. And just yelling, which <laughs> see the thing is, I don't know when this time period was. For me, nothing existed in Staten Island until like '62. Like that's yeah. when Staten Island got birthed. That's this had to have been Marisano Bridge. Yeah, like for me, Before that's that, it was just like you yeah, had to take a boat. What was the fucking point? What was the point? It was like remember when we went to Beer Can Island in Apollo mm-hmm. Beach, and I it was like, it. well, you need to get to a boat to get there. Like if they put a bridge there, it's not a fucking, you know what I mean? Like it's suddenly like way more legit. I mean, you wouldn't do it because it's not as big, yeah. but that bridge opening legitimized it. You know what I mean? Well, app- apparently it was just like a farm and wooded rural community up until they put that bridge in. And I watched a documentary where all the residents in 60, like in the 60s, it was like a documentary shot in the 60s were like upset that they built this bridge and all these Brooklyn people were just flooding in yeah, and taking up all the forest land and stuff, knocking trees down. They're like, it used to be beautiful here. It used to be gorgeous, and now it's ruined. I mean, I feel, like, 
the fall of Staten Island is fucking precipitous, man. It is like, it's like a mm. biblical fall from grace because it was nothing, right? And then they opened it up and there's the fucking mental institution there that was fucking horrific. And the mob, well, that's my point. That's where I was going. The mob just dumped bodies off. And then there was like, for the entire decade of the 80s, there was just a giant landfill that when yeah. you would walk out, you would just smell and it'd be fucking landfill <laughs> that filled yeah. the entire You're island. Taking a yeah. nice walk in like a New York forest and just smell garbage the whole time. It, um, it, it's not good. I mean, that's literally like you, you open the bridge and 25 years later, it's the worst fucking yeah. place in New York, man. And that's saying something for what New York was back in the day, you know? Yeah, because like, you know, I know crime was not great. I saw Taxi Driver. Again, all of my knowledge of like pre-now New York is based on Taxi Driver. I tell you, Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 is the last throes of a pre-Giuliani New York, and it's great, man. And I know that the protagonist is like a weird stand-in for Trump, but if, if, if real Trump were that fucking dude from Gremlins 2, oh my God, president for life. He was oh, wonderful. Yeah, no, that movie's like a real living document, man. Like it definitely. <laughs> I mean, you're talking shit, but it's kind of amazing. It captures dude. a moment, you know? Like what, when Joe Dante was financially viable still? Is that what we're talking about? Hey, Joe Dante, do anything you want. Oh, I'll blow up my most beloved franchise. Well, what's wrong with... What, do you hate Gremlins 2? Gremlins 2. No, I think that it took like tremendous fucking courage for him yes. to just be like, here's a dump truck full of money. And then he just uses that dump truck to run over all of like the goodwill that he engendered with the first. I, I mean, dude, to me, like Gremlins Two is so much more the artistic statement than fucking Gremlins One, like in every imaginable way, dude. Right. It's it's so fucking brilliant to me, and I wish that they would that would have given him like carte blanche, like that should have been his fucking Jaws. You know, I, well, it's weird because if you go back in history, Jaws didn't like make Spielberg. <laughs> like that's how you, you figure it out. Like, oh, he was tremendously over budget, and uh, you know what I mean. Like, he, he the studios didn't want to give him money. Like, that's what I found out about the Indiana Jones thing is that like Lucas had to be like, I vouch for him, you know, because like no one wanted to fucking hire him because they thought he couldn't yeah, make a movie in budget. Fucking Lucas, man, don't get me started on that guy. We have talked about him at nauseum, you know. What does he have to do to get on your good side? Does he have to like I cured eights like in his uh, spare time? He was he was he independently chasing AIDS. Oh my god, don't say that, man. When Lucas dies, there's no part of you that's gonna really sit back and reflect and be like, listen, for better or for fucking worse, man. Like you take those prequels out of the goddamn like canon. I, he, I, he, but no, dude, he gave us something that we can I, never underestimate. I feel like you're misunderstanding me. Okay. You asked me, <laughs> the question was, what can he do to get back in my good graces? I said, die. Because <laughs> when you die, then you start reflecting, well, you know what? He wasn't that bad. Yeah. And that's the only time I'm probably ever going to say it because I don't think he's going to make anything or do anything um, good for the rest of his life. What if he did like a weird American graffiti sequel now? I know they did a, an American graffiti sequel, but they it, just like they, it only takes place like two years after the original American graffiti's original cast. Yeah, yeah, Rod Howard's there, They're but he's all playing very old, 19. They've been CGI'd to shit. They all just look like fucking flubber or something. Well, that's why Lucas would do it. That would be his next challenge, wouldn't it? To yeah. like de-age everyone to the point where like age is just a or, fucking or weird concept. Because he's terrible with human beings and therefore actors, he could just cut the actors out altogether, just build CGI characters with the visage of like Harrison Ford or Ron Howard or whatever. Yeah, but wouldn't that just be like a Pixar movie? 
I mean, isn't that what he makes now? Is like fucking animated films that he passes off as uh, live action. I mean, what's the last film he even made? Uh, Talk about that Star Wars movie that he did, (laughs) like that weird Clone Wars thing that he did. Are you talking about like in terms of produced? Because I yeah, know no, no. Did. what did he direct? I know he did like Red Tails, but that was like 2014 or something, he right? He didn't direct that though. Um, he, I think the last thing he directed was Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so fucking that's like 14 years now, right? 13 years. Yeah, I think he's working on an opus, man. I think he's gonna come out. He's gonna be like fucking Orson Welles and shit, and give us I a Citizen Kane. I think he's just licking his wounds from the Disney deal and all the backlash to the prequels. And he's just sitting alone in his mansion. He's a real Charles Foster Kane figure. <laughs> um, just getting older and fatter and more and more resentful. He's going to yeah. be like Daniel Day-Lewis at the end of There Will Be Blood. Except he's not going to have anybody to like kill in his bowling alley at the end. <laughs> I was going to say he's more like Michael Corleone at the end of Godfather 2. That slow pullout where he's just drinking by himself in the fucking empty house. <laughs> like, that's what he's doing. Contemplating where it, went all, where it all went wrong, man. Yeah, just, just constantly like tweaking Star Wars films. But he can't release them anymore because he doesn't have the right to. So you know the- For him, like it's his own thing. <laughs> he's making it for him now. <clears throat> yeah. He was like, you know, listen, Star Wars was always meant to be a living, breathing document, and he should be able to change it as he sees fit. This is his fucking, like, declaration of independence, all right? His constitution. It's sad because there's this interview clip of him in, like, the late 80s where he says, you know, our special effect without a story is a sad thing. And now that's all his movies are. They're just special effects. Well, maybe he has a great story in his head. Maybe the problem is you just can't articulate it. Although I've said this over and over again about Lucas, which is like, listen, why do we give him as much credit as we do? Because he directed that first one and sure, the first one's good. You know, it's like, it's, I'm not talking shit. It's like, it is really good. But I mean, like editing by his then wife. That's what I've heard. And then beyond that, I mean, Empire is generally considered the highlight. And isn't that Kushner, right? Isn't that Irving Kushner who directs it? And, I, and didn't Kasdan write the second one? So yeah, and Richard Marquand came in with the third one, which is not good, but it's better than the prequels. Yeah, that's all we can say about it. Yeah. Are there is there any prequel series that's good though? I'm trying to think. Like, has that ever been a good idea? Like a good idea in the prequels? No, no. I mean, I'm sure like even in the prequels, there was some semblance of like, oh, that might be cool if it was explored in a different way. Are you asking um, like in pop culture in general? Yeah. Have have there been, Uh, has there been a good prequel like for real? Like not like the, well, yeah, Better Call Saul or like the Wet Hot American Summer where they do the first day thing. Yeah. But but that other than that, because it's like those people kind of understood. You're talking about examples of very singular visions of people who understood what was up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I felt like everyone returning to those kind of knew what ground to tread. I'm talking about if there's any other thing. Like, I don't know, like the Hobbits are technically prequels, not in any other way other than they exist in the same world and they take, you know, place, right. whatever. But <clears throat> are there any actual fucking prequels that are like, oh, that was pretty decent, actually? I mean, probably off the top of my head, other than the ones that we named, I don't know. Uh, uh, no, we'll just go with no. We'll go with no. <laughs> it's never happened. <laughs> just because I can't think of anything, I'm going to just say no. Yeah, man. Remember uh, Red Dragon? That wasn't very good. You watch Manhunter, right? Yeah. Dude, they just released the soundtrack, and I listened to it because it's like a like a, I don't get what the thirtieth anniversary of it or whatever. Yeah, 
and it's fucking weird and awesome. And I made me watch the movie, and the movie is like so much fucking better than Red Dragon is in yeah. every way, man. Uh, well, I mean, but we can't even that. That's where it gets weird because like Red Dragon was the first book published in that series, and it's a wonderful book. It's really yeah. surreal and bizarre and like fucked up. Yeah, um, it's actually to be honest, it's the only of the Thomas Harris novels that's good. Like, I didn't even like Silence of the Lamb. I think Demi made a better movie than the book is a book. Um, but yeah, Red Dragon is fucking wonderful. So I do want to give credit yeah. where credit's due. Yeah. yeah, it's very, um, it's been described as very purple prose, like very like poetic and uh, strange. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you want to call that a prequel, I guess, because fucking Brett Ratner was like, let me make a, another one and I'm going to direct it and it's going to be as good as Silence of the Lambs. And it wasn't, I don't know. Had Ed Norton doing something. I mean, hey, you know what? Hannibal, the series was technically a prequel because it's telling a story that was telling the will graham story that's right it's fucking wonderful for most of it well because you only really get the will graham story in red dragon it's like one scene right yeah. and he like goes over to his house and yeah. he figures it out right on the spot because of course and, he and like in the book series he's not like a supernatural like detective where he can rewind the crime just by sense in it and stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah um but in the in the series he can he can just well, walk into the room and just be like i'm the killer now to be fair what i like about that show is that they quickly walked back i mean they didn't walk it back 100 but they got away from the like whoa whoa like the fucking yeah. screen going side to side and the fucking like things peeling I mean, away and I, uh, I never disliked that it's just i got those- old <laughs> it got old kind of quickly <laughs> It's one of those things that you just have to um, kind of accept about that show is that it gets ridiculous and it does not take place in any semblance of our reality. Like this is a place where like everybody talks in this weird stilted fucking arty dialogue and everything is fucking weird as fuck. Like Hannibal Lecter is like supernaturally prescient about everything in terms of how he plans, right? Like, he's always in the right place at the right time to get ahead of the right people. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. He's Batman. He's like the villain version of Batman. He's seen every scenario a thousand times. He knows how it's going to fucking go. Well, I know that they wrote him to basically be like a living embodiment of Satan. Um, But he's charming as fuck. So is that presupposing that the devil is really fucking charming? I mean, is that what's what? I feel like he'd have to be. He's been around a long time, right? You know, nobody nobody sticks around in that position of power for that long without having people skills. I mean, <laughs> what if Satan was just like a real fucking idiot that they had to like, his entourage really had to like, like constantly a, do damage control? Like a Guido, basically. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Fucking Satan, though, right? You're going to fucking go to hell. It's going to be hot as shit. I'm going to fuck. I don't know what Guidos do. Um I just mean, like, think about his entourage has to constantly fucking apologize for him. They're going around fixing all his fuck-ups, and he's, he's just, like, you know. always running around like, yo, bro, you got any zannies? Like, what's up? You got any zannies? What about Addies? I'll take Addies. <laughs> I just think that, like, they should have killed him long ago, but he's got, like, the four most loyal motherfuckers in the world who is just like, look, if not this fucker, so, who else? Like, so basically, he's like Tracy Jordan and 30 Rock and <laughs> yes, constantly. <laughs> All right, that's exactly. Listen, that's who my Satan is. It's Tracy Jordan and Thirty Rock. Okay, Grizzly.com and fucking Jack McBriar, right? Kenneth, they are just doing everything they can to keep him insulated in this world where he is on top. You know, to prop him up so that he doesn't fall. So yeah, like people aren't scared of Satan. They think he's a fucking joke, but they constantly have to, you know, lift his goddamn spirits and his ego. So it's a real emperor has no clothes type situation with Satan, is what you're saying. 
I assume it is. Yeah. I mean, so are, like what, what's going on in hell? Like who's really running it? Is it the Grizzes and dot coms or is it just the inmates are running the asylum or there's an assumed order to all of it? But uh, really, no, yeah, it exist. it's fucking made up. It probably doesn't, man. I mean, like, okay, let's suppose that there's an afterlife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that would fuck with everything. I was going to relate to relate that I finished the sapiens book and it's like, still blowing my mind or whatever but the idea he's talking about constructs right like that literally everything is just made up it's bullshit there's like a line in fargo season one i'm going to tie these together where billy bob's like you're so consumed thinking that there's rules and consequences but there's not and it's fucking true like you know i didn't realize how philosophical it was where it's just like we like it's a subjective truth right and that's the difference but the objective subjective truth is that the subjective truth is we all believe that there are laws and consequences because cops will arrest you and shit like that but human rights isn't real some shit we made up and we agree upon you know what i mean and it's it's i don't know man it's a cause and effect thing and i'm saying like if this was an afterlife and hell was a real place you know what i mean like the construct's got to be the same there too because it's just a reflection of what we've done in in real life i mean you would think so but maybe maybe hell is the one place where there are rules and that's why it sucks no it seems like hell is just like (laughs) what's your personal hell max like what's your (laughs) so so like you 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 go to hell and like right out of the gate a demon's like all right so uh listen up you gotta fucking step inside that wood chipper then after your body reassembles itself you gotta step back in again and just keep doing that forever um don't fucking fuck around or whatever i gotta go take my coffee break and you can just be like nope and just walk away? Is that what you're saying? Is yeah, that what basically. Hell- I mean, one, I subscribe more to a Dante Alighieri type hell. Like, I'm in whatever circle of hell where, like, you're just in love, and then you get blown off a cliff, and then you just <laughs> smash into a cliff. Like, that's, that's, that's the level I'm on, all right? Because the other ones are fucked up. I mean, like, I don't know how no, much Inferno you've stuff. read, but... I mean, I've read the cliff notes. Um <laughs> All right. You know what really suck. Like, what would be my version of hell? Maybe is like you remember in Twin Peaks: The Return when Cooper, for like an entire episode, is just falling through a void. <laughs> yeah. and he can't fucking move or do anything. He's just constantly just <sighs> <laughs> for like fucking a whole episode. That would for eternity. That would probably be hell. That would do it, huh? That would suck. Yeah. Or to just be stuck in a David Lynch movie. Well. It depends on who you are, right? Like, if you're the dude hanging out behind the Winkies, I'm sure you're having a blast. I mean, right. you're homeless right. and burnt, but like, cowboy at the ranch. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything's coming up Millhouse for you, but yeah. like, your lights flicker sometimes, but you're good. Yeah. Like you're set. I don't know, man. I was, uh, I, I was in a bookstore today and I almost bought Homodeus, which is the sequel to that uh, Sapiens book. And right. it talks where, about like, where we're going, you know, the future of the human race. Have uh, you read it or no? Die. No. Yeah, I haven't read it either. I was going to buy it, but instead I bought uh, Roy Orbison live at the Philharmonic on vinyl. I felt like that was a better purchase. It's a choice. It's real good, yeah. Um, get a record player, man. That's the next big purchase. If I get this job, I'm going to buy a record player. I already talked about that today. And I'm going to buy Sonos because Sonos is low-key amazing and uh, everyone should have one. But, is that uh, a- speakers yeah there's speakers like me and dolores went to uh eldred which is upstate new york a couple years back Mm -hmm. and the airbnb that we got was on this like fucking six acre property with a creek right in the middle and all this and no neighbors anywhere nearby 
uh, really desolate, you know, and it was amazing because we'd been in the city for like a year and a half straight at that point. And we were like, okay, we're going to get out for a little bit. So only like two hours away. Uh, and then the person who had it had fucking Sonos and like Apple TV and this, this and that. So it was just a lot of drinking whiskey by a fireplace because they had fire and like chopped wood and all that shit. It was like, yeah. we just kept putting new uh, logs in the fire, drinking a lot of whiskey, playing Fleetwood Mac and like Miles Davis very loud. I made Dolores listen to uh, Kind of Blue for the first time. Um, we watched Taxi Driver. She was the first time she had ever seen it. So it was a great weekend, man. And I associate yeah. Sonos with that because no matter where I went, I could hear the music. Crystal there was clear. Sonos. Yeah. Hey, we should so, run that campaign. No matter that's a testimonial. Yeah, there, there you are. <laughs> what is that from? I've heard that. Just remember, wherever you are, there. there what is it? Wherever you go, I, there you are. I saw this recently in something. Uh, the Leftovers I saw it recently in. Well, who says it in the left? It, but you know that's a thing that permeated well before the left. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but it was the daughter, I think. The Garvey daughter. Oh, her. Andy McDowell's daughter. That's Andy McDowell's daughter, bro. Oh, really? <laughs> right? Yeah, Jill from The <laughs> Leftovers. That's, uh, yeah, you don't believe it because Andy McDowell. They should have just cast Andy McDowell. She doesn't look a day over. And she has eight. the range, sir. I don't care if she's 57 years old. You know that woman could pull off 16. I think it's no one's business. I think it would be a good challenge for her. I mean, she would rise. And also, she hasn't been in a thing in like goddamn years. That's not true. She has been on the. All right. So, listen, when we used to live in Florida, we actually had cable still, right? And uh, fucking Golden Girls reruns were only on uh, Hallmark Channel. So, we used Mm. to Evo Hallmark Golden Girls because fuck you, Golden Girls is amazing. No, I've never seen Golden Girls. It's my favorite. Mitch Hurwitz got his starting, got his start writing there. Mark Cherry, who ended up doing like Desperate Housewives, got to start there. But it was like, a, and there's one other writer I'm forgetting. But yeah, people like started on the Golden Girls, man. It's pretty legit. Um, yeah. But so we would do like TiVo it and the advertisements for like the Hallmark original channels. There's one called Debbie McComer's Cedar Cove and it Ooh. stars Annie McDowell. And it is the funniest and worst fucking thing I've ever seen based on the 30 second Never bumps. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. And it's just a lot of like, you're not supposed to get pregnant again. <laughs> like God, she looks exactly the same. She I hasn't like. aged, man. She's doing good. She's in a Groundhog's Day, man. It's all good. Good for you. You know what we need to stop doing? We need to stop being like, oh, they haven't aged. They haven't aged. It's like, you know what? They're fucking rich. They live in Hollywood. Um, I don't really think it's an accomplishment. It's like, you're, it's the exception to the rule if you look like Jack Nicholson or Danny DeVito. Um <laughs> Like those guys are paying for their for their party at gears in the like thirties and forties. I mean, that's yeah, well, what happened, man. And and I know Jack Nicholson is like famous for not giving a fuck about how he looks. Like he'll just put his paunch out there for the world to see. I love like, it. Yeah, hey, look at this, and just slap his stomach a lot and burp. Um, but yeah, like uh, let, let's stop acting like it's some great accomplishment for people to not age in Hollywood. I mean, they you know they they suck the blood of the innocents out there to stay young well max you're you're 10 years older or 10 years out of high school and you look exactly the same i mean you have a beard but you had a beard basically like at 19 or 20 anyway so it was like (laughs) i mean like i mean like you started to grow the beard out and as opposed to shaving and stuff like that i'm sure in 10 years i'm gonna look older you know i'm sure you will but my point is like you uh, my my point is that i've seen some people from high school and i'm like holy shit we're the same age like Mm -hmm. You know, it's the cigarettes, it's the fucking constant drinking and stuff. And I don't know, man, I'm just saying you've aged very fucking well. You know, you haven't, is it because that you like work at night and you're not in the sun ever? <laughs> like, that, 
that actually might have something to do with it. Um, I think I've just also got like boyish features is yeah. what I've been told. So that, that lends itself to looking younger. Yeah, man, you're going to join the fucking Ralph Ma- Macchio club, man. Like you're going <laughs> to look good at 55. You're going to look exactly the same. Right. It's that Italian side, you know, Italian don't crack. Do you remember the time I told you that Ralph Macchio was like however old he was and it was the same age as your mom and it really fucked with you because you're like, wait, what the fuck? I had an existential crisis for a whole week over that. That was fucking nuts. Who, uh, Crispin Glover? He's like 60 and kind of looks the same. Man. You're you're real. You're on a real Crispin Glover kick, bro. Willard, you ever see Willard? Second time in an hour, you brought him up. I never saw it. I always wanted to when I was younger. When it came out, and my parents wouldn't let me because it was a horror movie. Um, Your parents were real protective for someone to take you to Springsteen, like you know, middle class. Sometimes you get shanked, but that's the risk you pay when you well, got. I mean, I was watching rated R rated R movies and shit, you know, uh, since I was five. But there was some shit that they would not let me see. Anything scary. I would not, and now I love horror movies. So yeah. So wait, how old were you when you saw some? Like, how old were you when you saw The Shining? That seems like an exception to the rule movie. Like, I feel like they would have still shown you that pretty early. I think I saw that when I was like fourteen or something. Really? Damn, dude. Maybe I, like one of my first memory—not first memories, but like one of my first horror memories. Like Jeff used to show me a lot of shit, but here's a story about my other asshole father who also showed me shit, which was I had to be like seven years old and I was in Boston, and he rented the first Evil Dead. Um, and now Evil Dead doesn't seem really scary, but I will I will tell you this. The last 20 minutes of Evil Dead is kind of nightmarish, man. It's very nightmarish. What are you talking about? It's, it's an effective, uh, scary movie. Yeah, it fucked with me. And my dad's laughing like, oh, the effects. Haha, <laughs> they're so cheesy. Meanwhile, I'm scarred for life, man. Um, yeah. And that, like, that fucked with me. And it was weird because like I didn't remember it. And I must have seen Evil Dead too because I remembered the like hole in the universe fucking thing and Ash getting sucked into the fucking void and stuff. <laughs> like I remember that. And then years later when you made me watch army of darkness, I'm like, wait, I fucking know what this is. Like, yeah. what is this other movie? You know, because my movie was like, we're hanging out in the woods. Then the car goes over. And then you show me a movie about the fucking middle ages and like, you know, deadites. <laughs> it's, like it's like a three stooges slapstick comedy. Do you think that that's their biggest like regret about that franchise is that like, so Evil Dead 1 straight horror, Evil Dead 2 is, is straight horror, but you have these moments where if they like, okay, they could key in on this, this would be fucking horrific, right? Yeah. Um, Evil Dead 3 is just funny. There's nothing scary about Evil Dead 3. I would say Evil Dead 2 is honestly mostly comedy, but like with moments of horror. And then Evil Dead 3, they just stop trying to be scary at all. Like there's not even a single moment that's creepy in that movie on purpose. But is that, but that's like, so it's like when they did Ash versus the evil dead, it seemed like they try to strike um, they, they evil dead too, like yeah. evil dead too. Well, cause they try to focus more on deadite. So that's why you have more evil dead two out of it, but it mm-hmm. still seemed like kind of the comedy of evil dead three. And they were trying to like, you know, marry those. It makes me feel bad because I feel like Evil Dead 1 is so fucking legit as a horror film. And even when they remade it, I mean, it was a competent remake, but it didn't have any of the fucking, like you know charm of what made that first movie so effective you know Uh, part of it is a low budget charm to it that you know it it kind of almost makes it creepier i was reading or i was watching a video about how like yeah it's great that we've moved on from vhs and like standard definition and shit but there was something about watching a vhs tape of a horror movie that was so much different from watching it in high definition now where like if it was a low budget film or dark or whatever like you couldn't see the 
the seams. You couldn't see the uh, the cable lines and the wires and the. Sure. This and the it was all like very kind of like murky and hard to make out and hard to distinguish. And that made it much more effective as a horror film. I think that's um, why those VHS movies, I mean, not all of them are great, but some of them are really fucking unique. And it's because there's this weird texture. Like you can feel the tape, you can feel the tracking on it and stuff like that. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, I would love to shoot a horror film really low budget. Let's do it, man. Let's just get a, let's get some 16 millimeter. There's some new film that came out and I blanked on it, but it was shot in 16 millimeter. And immediately, I'm just like, this is the sexiest goddamn film print of all time. Like, I don't know why we ever went past this. I get uh, it, I guess. But, you know, like, if you're ever trying to do anything with some texture and grit, it's like 60 millimeter has to be the best thing in the entire world. You know what I just watched for the very first time all the way through? Um, and don't hate me, is The Blair Witch Project. I had never seen it all the way through. Right um, on. And half of that movie is in 16 mil black and white. Um, yeah. That movie is great. Yeah, I'm a big I, never, fan. I never knew how good it was. Um, what really a wonderfully effective. effective movie about people losing their goddamn minds in the woods um, with like almost no special effects at all. No budget at all. That's what I'm telling you, man, where it's just like, listen, we got a bunch of woods near the house. Just like, let's go in there. Let's make something. I don't think like half of the battle is, is the texture of that film. It was just making it a found footage thing. And yeah, some of it's in 16 millimeter. It's just it's such a simple concept. There are things that are universally scary to people. And I think yeah. that's one of them, like being lost anywhere, but darkness is just inherently fucking scary. Yeah. And I don't know, man, I think it's such an effective film. I watched the Adam Wingard remake, hoping that it'd be really good because I really like Adam Wingard. Yeah. Uh, but I'm starting to rethink that just because between that and the, the death note movie he did on Netflix, it was like, Ugh, yeah, that not. death note movie was bad. He's doing the King Kong fucking Godzilla movie. Is he? Yeah, the fucking like crossover film that they're setting up. The guest is pretty wonderful. Your next is pretty good. I like your uh, next. Yeah. You know, I have some hope. But he fucked up Blair Witch is my point. I mean, the one scary thing he kind of did with Blair Witch. Did you watch the remake or no? No. It's I kinda... saw an interview with the screenwriter, his screenwriting partner, and he even said like, yeah, we, it was a misfire. Like they're aware of it. Yeah. What they did wrong, so... Well, I mean, it's sad because I feel like it had such potential and you watch that original movie and it, you know what it is? It's like, it's overproduced. <laughs> like that concept mm -hmm. needs to be underproduced, needs to be dirty and needs to be, you know, rough. And right. it just seemed a little too polished. The one interesting thing they did do with it was the passage of time hmm. where like the sun never came up. It would be 36 hours later, but the sun never rose and it's fucking with their concept of time and shit. And I was like, that is interesting. It just yeah. completely goes off the rails by the third act of the movie and it's sad. Is, is it a sequel or a remake? It's kind of a sequel. Um, one of the people who's going into the woods is the sister of Heather. Oh, okay. uh, so they're like trying to track down their sister and probably trying to get closure for it. And, and so they do several years after she's disappeared, right? Yeah. Um, probably looked for her a little sooner. <laughs> well, now he's doing it. Like he's older now. He was like three years old when it happened or something. And, they, and again, they do some interesting things from it from a filmmaking perspective, right? So like now we have drones. So one of the things they do, do is like one of the people are strapping a GoPro to a drone so they could like see like if they, they have aerial shots, if they can find something and where to go and stuff like that. And so there's like a, like a lot of interesting filmmaking stuff in it. It just yeah. really fucking falls flat. And it's, it's unfortunate because the concept is there, you know, but yeah, it's just uh, when we talk about like what's necessary to make, it's like almost nothing's necessary, right? And anything sure. can be good if you do it right. But I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, after that first one, just leave it alone. Because that came out at a particular time with particular equipment and was done in a particular way. 
that trying to replicate it is going to be a fool's errand, probably. Unless well, see, they rushed that sequel in the first place, the Book of Shadows one, which yeah. had fucking the dude from Burn Notice, like uh, Jeffrey <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan, right, in a pre-Burn yeah. Notice role, in, in a role that would inform <laughs> you of Burn Notice. Uh, he was doing that, and again, they tried to fuck with it. It wasn't found footage; it was like straight up a feature. Um, yeah, no one liked it. It was weird. It was a weird movie. I never it's, saw it. You didn't? There was like a goth lady, and there was some witch no. bitches, and Staten I feel like it would Staten Island witch bitches. And no, it was really. weird. No, unfortunately, there were no Staten Island witches. Um, yeah, man, Staten Island. I'm glad it doesn't smell like garbage anymore. By the way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but you know, I've never set foot. I've never been outside of my car in Staten Island. Let me just be I hear, frank. I hear it's got some really lovely forests and parks and stuff, and a lot of really nice protected land. Mm, who needs those? And I also hear it's got some really good restaurants. I need fewer animals and more condos, please. That's all I'm saying. Is that all you're saying? That's all I'm literally saying. Kill all animals. <laughs> Give me more luxury high-rise apartments. Give a fuck about a deer. Deer swimming over. We've talked about this at length. We really turned around on the high-rise luxury apartments, like from just last week when we were talking about how bad that is. And I was like, kind of defending them just as devil's advocate. You were like, "No, Max. No, they're terrible. (laughs) They are the worst, man. They're kind of awful." But 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 you would rather have that than animals. Yeah, man. How many squirrels do we need? I mean, these fucking assholes are entitled. They're always stealing shit. They have rabies. They're rats with bushy tails but they've got the bushy tails. What does that mean to me? Like, that is such fucking bullshit. Like, if I put a fucking fake thing on a rat, are you going to like a rat all of a sudden because it has a goddamn bushy tail? I might like it more. <laughs> it's on its hind legs with the bushy tail and was just like, what's up? I'm a squirrel rat. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So in this, it presupposes that he, he can talk. He actually... Yeah, and he's like very nonchalant. He's like, yeah, I'm a new breed. I'm a new species. I'm a squirrel rat. What's up? What, what do you want? What do you want? Yes, I can talk. Let's move on. <laughs> let's get past this. Let's, no, let's build a bridge. To go down. I'm going to crawl up your pant leg. I'm going to bite you. You're going to get rabies. You're going to have to get a shot for that or else you're going to like turn into another version of a squirrel rat, but it won't be fun for you because you're going to be like fun. a six foot tall squirrel rat. You're going to be rejected by society. No one's going to love you um, and you're going to die alone. You ever read? You ever read the Metamorphosis? Probably not, you son of a bitch. But Kafka, all right, like, throw tomatoes at you. Best case scenario, you're gonna have to move into the sewers and live uh, amongst the other rats who are not gonna trust you. By the way, I'm an outcast uh, myself, and I'm making it work because I'm like a foot tall. But you, oh my god, buddy, you got a hard road ahead of you. Anyways, let's get this started. I just wanted to let you know what's going on. He <laughs> scurries uh, up the leg. And, and your <laughs> life is over. Oh man, I think the I got nothing to lose. <laughs> he's the patient zero for the for the impending pandemic that comes on. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. man. that would be a terrible way because that's the rat's revenge. The rats have been fucking ostracized and marginalized, and that's finally. what mankind gets for fusing squirrel and rat. You know? Do you think that? <laughs> well, it's mankind. It's a genetic experiment. Oh man. Okay. Well, that that changes the game because then I think I think we deserve it. We tried to play God, Max. <laughs> this was this was gonna happen. I mean, that, that's what that's what all of this is, anyways. You know, if we're if we're killing all the squirrels to build more high rise luxury condos, aren't we playing God? In a way? <laughs> you know, that's the squirrel's house. We're taking it away from him. We're Bringing it back to, to animal first. kingdom gentrification. <laughs> like, yeah. We gotta get him out of here. We didn't sign an agreement with the squirrels. Like, okay, we're gonna relocate you. It's like the Native American or something you know 
So just to be clear, we're comparing the potential plight of the squirrel population to the genocide of Native Americans. Yes. Okay. I, just making sure. put it that way, I want to agree even more. Because you make it sound so great. Oh. Uh, you know, what we're doing <laughs> to the animals, man. Yeah, we have no hope, man. Again, it's an atrocity. I There's keep reading shit. Squirrel trail of tears, man. <laughs> we so gave them blankets, and they're just dying. The older dying, and the babies are dying. And just imagine awful. you're like just driving down a country road one day, just like one hand on the steering wheel, just listening to some Bruce Springsteen, just like whatever. I'm a fucking guy. What do you want from me? And then just see a line of squirrels, just like miles long. Papa, oh, what's that, bro? Tears coming down their faces. <laughs> You're just like, oh my god, it actually happened. Max was right. You're gonna eat your words, then, my friend. All right. So your son's in the car with you. He's like, Papa, what's that? <laughs> How do you explain this to your child? Well, you see, we uh, we basically kicked the squirrels off of their land to build high-rise luxury condominiums like the one we live in, son. And you know, you like it, right? It's got a gym. It's got free Nickelodeon. Um, whatever else kids like, I don't know. And, uh, but the, the drawback to that is we had to kick the squirrels out of their house. But where are they going to go? I don't give a shit. But, but somewhere, in, somewhere in one of the red states, probably. They'll be hunted like squirrels. Uh, well, you know, we'll have to chase them, man. <laughs> Cause they can take it. This is terrible, man. Not heroes. I feel so, I feel like the, you know your kid is learning a really valuable lesson about you in this, which is that you don't care, man. They're the Dark Avengers, the watchful <laughs> protectors. I just watched Dark Knight, um, like last week, and yeah. uh, you know what? It's you still it. pretty good. <laughs> is is that the problem with like any big budget superhero movie? Is that it has to age? You know, like that's the thing. Eventually. Well, there are some really bad, bad, bad editing choices in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not fruitful conversation for a podcast, but okay. um, it bothers me. It's always bothered me about that movie and it just gets worse with time. But Heath Ledger fucking elevates it, man. <sighs> I've never been a Heath Ledger fan. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to I'm gonna have a hot take on this. Fuck Heath Ledger. Let's um, hear it. Get, 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 uh, you know wrong, let's hear it a knight's tale a knight's tale no i mean i have no other words just Is no that the entire argument just a no knight's tale, just, a knight's tale no no he he's got blonde hair in it and his name is lichtenstein but his real name's will but they have to saying no i'm saying no i hate it that's some they do we will rock you that's anachronistic no okay are we pinning this all on Heath Ledger? This Heath is Ledger, this was his passion project, okay? Like, What about when he was all mumbly in Brookback Mountain and nobody could understand what the fuck he was saying? That was great, right? No, because he was thinking about a knight's tale. He wasn't committed. <laughs> he was like... You his, saw it on his face. The writing was on the wall. He's like, I'd rather be jousting. I got the cowboy thing, but no jousting. And he was he was sad about it, man. Like Ang Lee comes up to him, he's like... You know, I know that you're in Brokeback Mountain. I know you're reading the lines, but I can still see in your face that your heart is somewhere else. It's in a night's tale. So cut the shit, Heath. Get in character. You're a gay cowboy that no one can understand. And go. And they just use the best takes they could. 
<laughs> Which was still Knight's Tale takes. That's the problem. <laughs> like Knight's Tale did the lion's share of that brokeback work. There's a reason that didn't win Best Picture. I mean, I know so, Crash. So, so Dark Knight, that was for you, that was more Knight's Tale? Well, I mean, you know, it was definitely like <laughs> Knight's Tale inspired. Oh, you're you're walking it back a little bit. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, think about think about, you know, the these scars and then think about that time where you had to learn to dance. They're identical, you know? I mean, it's all Art. Knight's Tale influence. <laughs> Remember when he was in the Patriot with Mel Gibson? Yeah, also Knight's Tale influenced. Um, that came out before a Knight's Tale. And that's what's really impressive about it is that he had this in his mind well before the movie was ever filmed, well before it ever came into existence. You know, the Knight's Tale is from Canterbury Tale, but the movie The Knight's Tale has very little to do with the story Knight's Tale from Canterbury Tales. Did you know that? Oh my God, you just said Knight's Tale and Tale. You just said the word Tales a lot. Yep. And it lost me because I was looking at... <laughs> lost you <laughs> i was looking at uh heath ledger's filmography and he's um, never done anything good that wasn't inspired by night's <laughs> tale that's all i'm saying man wasn't he like, I love how you're not you're making bold claims not elaborating wasn't he a monster you're, but you're confident yes he, he was killed yeah he got killed so he oh spoiler alert bro i haven't seen monster's ball well you've had time <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's been dead for a decade. You've had he was in He was in I'm Not There as Robbie Clark, a.k.a. Bob Dylan. Okay, that's the one time he wasn't doing Night's Tale. That was the, the one time? time. Yeah, Are you goddamn weird. fucking kidding me right now, yeah, guy? What else has he ever done? Make a pitch. What has he done? What? You're just going to say it was Night's Tale, no matter what I say. More comfortable in a suit of armor. <laughs> than in I named a film that came out before Night's Tale, and you said he managed to <laughs> impressively preempt Night's Tale by acting in Night's Tale before it came out. He was playing his character from Night's Tale in The Patriot. What's so hard to understand about this? I feel like you're arguing on like a Trump supporter level where there's no way I can break through to you because no matter what I say... Well, no, it's like, not. Night's that. Tale. It's just that no matter Night's what Tale. Say, We're I, in a post Night's Tale world. Well, we I'm we over. are. I'm over but your bullshit. What you don't know is that they're like the pre Night's Tale world is still a post Night's Tale. Night's world. Tale was fine. Like let's let's get down to fucking brass tacks. It was fine. The best part about Night's Tale <laughs> is the fact that the guy who plays King Robert in Game of Thrones is so nice in it. Because I think that King the worst Robert, part of you is that you have any kind of strong opinion on a movie that's fine it, it had uh the chick who's in deadpool <laughs> what's her name lorena um, baccarat or something i can't yeah uh burt baccarat <laughs> yeah burt baccarat lady she's in it and she's doing stuff wait i may have fucked that up i don't know if she's really in that movie it's got alan tudyk paul bettany rufus sewell um uh, mark addy and other but who's the girl see the girl is not because she looks like the other girl from oh you're talking about shannon sasamason yeah she's not lorena but I, so i always thought she was the chick from like firefly that's where she's from right yeah mm. yeah shannon sasamason was in a bunch of movies in the early 2000s and her sister is in war paint i think oh nice that's a powerful thing wait am i getting that wrong you Maybe might be i am i think i am then i'll shut up do you think war paints cultural appropriation? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> it just is. Like, do they actually wear war paint? I don't know enough about the band. It's just like they watch Braveheart and they think they can just do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> that's that's where they're taking from. 
Tony Park <laughs> came Scottish. first. The Scottish. William yeah. goddamn Wallace. That's true, the man. The Christ figure that he was, according to Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson said that when he was making that, he was really just trying to make a better version of A Knight's Tale. But I think that we can both agree. Even though it came out six years earlier. It was uh, filmed about eight years earlier. Yeah. And he still didn't get it right. I mean, he had that much time of a head start. I mean, think about how embarrassing that is for Mel. I'm, I'm worried about you. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> like, I whatever, feel like man. you're seeing all of film history through the lens of Knight's Tale. And I had no idea up until now. <laughs> and I'm really worried about you. Not all Knight's. I mean, not, not all of film <laughs> history, okay? Like Jaws is on its own. Taxi Driver is on its own. Alien is, of course, Knight's Tale set in space. I think we can all see the parallels there. But for the most part, it's all good, man. I mean, they're not they're not everything. Speaking of Knights, I've been watching Disenchantment, the fucking Matt Groening show. Have you seen uh, any of this yet? No. Hey, man, I kind of like it. I mean, that's my <laughs> final review. What was that look? That was it. I kind of, like, I just wanted you to know I kind of liked it and I wanted to emphasize my kind of. No, actually, I dig it a lot, man. It's cool. It, it feels like Futurama. Um, and she's an alcoholic princess, which that's fun. But I wish they were going worse with it. I wish she had like fucking, uh, you know, cirrhosis of the liver or something. That was like a subplot. All I want is like an Adventure Time style show that's more for adults. Is it like that? Yeah, sure. People get killed a lot more, like more horrifically. Mm-hmm. It's not Adventure Time. Adventure Time is way more cosmic, man. That's the problem. Like, I feel like Futurama is more Adventure Time for adults than. Adventure Time is such a great goddamn show, and it yeah. gets not enough credit. Probably. I think it gets a lot of credit. I mean, it needs more than it's getting. Well, I mean, it's over now, so what does it matter? Is it really? Yeah, this season, I mean, it's over in like two months or something. Are you Are you for real? I'm so positive. It's been are 10 seasons. It's like real? nine seasons. Like, how much longer does it need to go on? Adventure time? Come on, grad friends. Don't sing this. Don't do that. We don't, don't have the rights. We don't have the money for this. We don't have the, we don't have the, we don't have the money for this. You're doing oh. it still. We're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut out this whole part, man. No. No. We use an unlicensed song at the beginning and end of every episode. I don't think that I, this is what we're going to get. I give it props. Over. I give it props every time. I'm like, hey, I don't own this, and this is this band. You've never said that on air. No. Oh, I don't have to. I read it in the notes. Oh. Ah. Oh, well, bitch. write in the notes that Max sang Adventure Time, and we don't own it. No, because it's different if it plays, but if we're doing a bad version of it, we're fucked, man. You know, like you can't do I that think shit. My, my version was beautiful and it did it justice. It wasn't even on Knight's Tale level of beauty, man. That's the fucking <sighs> problem. We're back to goddamn Knight's Tale. I thought we'd broken away. All right, I thought we, we'd finally gotten away. We can get away. From what is a fine film. <laughs> okay, you're upgrading. <laughs> it was fine. It was Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's my Casablanca. That's all I'm saying. And that's Casablanca the only thing. is great. Wait, yeah. are you saying it's good or bad? I don't know now. What, Knight's Tale? I don't know yeah. either. I don't you know just said I... it was your Casablanca. Yeah. Casablanca is objectively wonderful. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, is it as good as Knight's Tale? Like, oh, my God. What are the stakes in Casablanca compared to the stakes just... of Knight's Tale? Think about this. We start off. He's young. We flash um, forward. He's old. The stakes uh, of Casablanca are ending World War II. The stakes of Knight's Tale is him winning, winning a fucking tournament. 
and stops the plague in the process, man. Does he? Yeah, that's the whole subplot. You never watched the director's cut of Night's Tale? There's a director's cut? Dude, it's fire. It's like four hours and 26 minutes long. So this is like a, the Kingdom of Heaven style director's <laughs> cut where there's two additional hours of footage. And, and it, it really contextualizes everything. Yeah, it makes it way better. Yeah, for sure. There's a whole wow. subplot about how the plague is spreading over and that these aren't just regular jousts. They're more like, you know, uh, like fitness jousts and shed. They're taking the fitness blood. The yeah, it's like you're healthy. Fucking fight each other. <laughs> for some reason, it was really weird logic that they would just try to kill one of the healthy people. There's two yeah, healthy like you get rid of all the healthy people and now everybody's sick. Well, it seemed smart at the time because they thought resources were they didn't fucked. they didn't think anything through back then, did they? I don't think so. I mean, I think that they were just bored. Like, let's be honest, like just so bored. And I think we've talked about it probably a few times. But what were is, they doing? They didn't have TV. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have computers. They couldn't hop on and even play solitaire or snake. So they had to think of something. Yeah, but Max, like, why you, not stab each other with sticks? You were alive in the time of not having a computer. When you were three years old, you didn't have a computer. You know what I mean? I had action figures. They didn't have that back then. They probably made them out of like corn husks and shit. But fuck, man, they were they were bereft of activities. That's what they, they, they used to stare at fire. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be riveting. <laughs> They'd be like, "What are we gonna do today? We're gonna watch the shadows grow longer. That's our entertainment <laughs> for the day." Well, we raised a barn, and now all that's left is the fire. I guess we could start another fire. It's like we do that every night. Hey, do you ever seriously think about where we are in time and think about how fucking crazy it is? Because it's just like not not only fifty, like just dude, fifty years ago, how many mm-hmm. diseases were like errat- like that we eradicated since then that were easily curable today that just decimated entire cultures. I've been thinking about that a lot because as I told you before we started recording, um, I signed up for ancestry.com and it it makes you do a fair amount of work to like get it started. But then it starts like doing more of the work for you. Like you have to add in your information, your parents, grandparents, et cetera. But I've got it going as far back as like 1820 for my mom and my dad's side in terms of like my family tree. And it's fucking nuts to see like death certificates for people in the 1800s when it's like he died of uh, getting kicked by a horse or he died of unknown causes. Did that happen a lot in your family? A lot of horse kick people? I had a lot of farmers in my family. So yeah, Um, it's pretty nuts, man. Your people came here and they settled the land. They tamed it. Yeah. Um, for some reason, a lot of them moved to Michigan, like mm-hmm. going back 200 years. They're chilling in Michigan of all places. And my question is, why would you go to this cold as fuck, almost in Canada place when you could go a little bit more south where it's warmer? Like, why did people settle in the fucking cold, wintry, apocalyptic ice tundra of Michigan as opposed to like Mississippi or something. I guess I it was Mississippi's fucking unbearable. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. Think about how time works in terms of traveling yeah. and stuff like that. So maybe it was just easier. They're like, there's water here. You know, yeah. that's what I think Michigan <laughs> because there's a giant lake. You know what I mean? Like there's what like there there weren't that many requirements back then, I don't think. And they were probably used to it if they're coming over from Scotland or whatever. Like that's right. what they know. You know, mm-hmm. they're all they're all over there not wearing underwear, just wearing skirts in sub zero temperatures. Um, and playing bagpipes because dude, I read some shit about fucking Scotland that there's there's like four times as many 
sheep on Scotland than there are people. And I was like, holy shit, if these sheep ever get wise to the game, it's over. Like, come on. You know, we can only hope that they don't evolve to that level, man. That's why most Scottish cuisine is sheep-based, probably. Dude, that Sapiens book was telling me that uh, there's 25 billion chickens to our 7.5 billion people. And again, it's like we're so fucked if they ever decide to just turn on us, man. I mean, that's what the birds is about, right? Well, see, that's just about fucking birds. See, hold on. If you include all birds, all birds holy shit, dude. Because I'm they never saying. tell you about that. Like, yeah, it's like the, the crows and shit. Or how are the farmers? The farmers must have known first. They must have been the first people. What, something was up with the birds? Yeah, they're like, these fucking like, birds are getting out of hand, but they're like in the middle of the country. They can't get a hold yeah. of anybody. Like, Because it's the 1950s and like they don't have cell phones. Yeah. It must have so, taken so the, the They, they go out to feed the chickens and all the chickens are just staring at them. And then they just start pecking. I mean, Man, think about a sequel. that. I've, <laughs> they were going to remake it for a while. The, with like the end of that movie, if I remember correctly. Oh, like it's amazing. Solution yeah. is like the military yeah. is coming in with a solution, but we don't know what that solution is. And they're just driving slowly. And the road is completely covered. Like every yeah. inch of it. With they the don't have to attack, dude. Like, the birds won. Like, yeah, it's amazing. The, the birds already know it's fucking over for you. That's amazing. I mean, but do you know what that also shows? That birds have more humanity than we do. <laughs> like, no. Because if it was our enemies, we'd be like, no, let's rape and murder. Like, I'm not saying we would do that. I mean, just species as a gener- in general, you know? I mean, um, when given the opportunity uh, throughout human history, most of it is either rape and or murder-based. Or um, both, yeah. Mm. Yeah, of a culture that you're dominating. Um, it's not great. Humanity sucks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Homo Deus book. I want to read it, but I haven't. But it's talking about how, like, obviously the inevitability of of kind of connecting with technology and being a cyber organism, you know, which we're already sort of doing now. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot more speculative. But isn't it, like, kind of crazy to think that if we have computers in our brains and shit, that we could get a computer virus in our brain? Yeah, I mean, well, I think that that's, that's... You know, when people remember when people were like all the racists in the world were being really shitty about Obamacare and they're like, he's going to put a chip in you, which was bullshit. Never happened. Yeah, because that's like the sign of the devil and you're going to get a barcode on your wrist. Yeah. Okay. He's so the Antichrist. Now that he's been out of fucking office for two years and that never happened, I think we can all agree that was fucking horse shit. But my point well, is like these people who are who are waiting in line to put like fucking Google chips in their head and have the internet in their head like these fuckers are like they're the reason this is how skynet really fucking starts man yeah it's not great i don't know it just like it <laughs> I'm sorry. no it's like, cool i mean this but i agree with you like i feel like you have nothing to say because like when you think about it i feel like the end game is afoot man like i don't want to quote uh dr strange but like we're in the end game now i feel like in the I feel like we're fucked. I don't know if humanity makes it past another hundred years. And if I we do, that's going that when you were quoting Dr. Strange, you were going to say <laughs> Dr. Strange love and not the fucking Marvel Sorry. wizard. Yeah. I liked him. And the, he was, and the, he was, good he was the best part of infinity ward was that they made him a better version of the character. Yeah. I, you know, I want to see more Dr. Strange fighting Dormammu and Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> Every time you just drop Dormammu, it makes me so proud and happy. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm blushing like a goddamn parent watching you walk across the stage, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, but we're in the no, end game, yeah. Max. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, maybe we've been in the end game for a while. And we just, we're just now getting wise to it. Do but, you know... You know 
do you know the Kardashev scale or whatever about civilizations and stuff? Hmm. It's like, it's a scale. It's like uh, one through four and it's about where we are as a species, right? Now they say humanity is not even at a one. The one is like a, a, a planet that's able to harness the entire energy of its star in order to like power the planet. So we're not even there, okay? <laughs> um, level two is like being able to use uh, the surrounding stars and our galaxy and like level four eventually is about being able to harness the power of the entire universe, okay? Um, now, again, they, they speculate that there's never been a four or a three, but one of the reasons they speculate that is that no species has lived long enough to reach that without destroying themselves in some way. Yeah. Um, and we always talk about nukes, but I think this robot shit is, is, is very much a thing that could possibly happen too. You know, like you, you talk about computer viruses in your head. I mean, that's like some shit that people have not thought about, but that's like the scariest thing in the world to me. Yeah, that's pretty ter- terrifying. Um, that's some Black Mirror shit. Not to always bring up Black Mirror when we talk about scary technology. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that like we're on the verge of an eco collapse. Um, the whole idea of like colonizing Mars is going to take decades if it ever happens, which mm-hmm. I could see a billion things going wrong with that. I hear that the first like 20 years are going to be pure hell in terms of like for the people living there to set it up and everything because it's mm-hmm. just massive amounts of radiation there's no atmosphere you know you you all saw the martian with matt damon um just growing potatoes and shit um <laughs> someone had to do it someone had to do it let's just actually send matt damon up there i think he has the know-how i think he really immersed himself that's what you don't know he's methodist fuck yeah. and he absolutely did that for that film man <laughs> he actually went to Mars. Yeah, man. He talked to Elon Musk. Elon Musk gave him like a personal fucking Tesla rocket. Got him there. Got him <laughs> back in time for the for the Oscars. He's method, man. He, now wow. they didn't shoot the Martian in, in Mars. Mars. That, that took way too much. He like, just lived there for a while. Yeah, just for like six months. He was like Doctor Manhattan, just finding himself out there, building worlds and shit. What is Matt Damon up to these days? Um, nothing. Just I mean, saying I feel really bad for things on Project Greenlight about what race. Oh, what did he say on Project Greenlight? I didn't hear this. I don't know. He said something about black people or women or something. I don't know. I don't care. Whatever. He's yeah. He's why are you trying to throw about David under the bus, man? He's just a he threw himself bus. under the bus. Remember when <laughs> he was in Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, it was great. That was the best thing he's done since. <laughs> Deadpool two. I guess he was in Jason Bourne in 2016, the movie no one saw. I didn't see it. Yeah, it made some money. I just didn't oh yeah, he was in Downsizing in 2017. No, neither here nor there. Uh, I did not like The Martian, but good for him for going method. Um, yeah, the, the human race is probably fucked. Um, I think we're gonna survive for a while, but vast swaths of us are gonna be dead. I'm not even trying to be like pessimistic. I'm not saying there's going to be like a famine, although that's a real possibility that people are not fucking thinking about. <clears throat> um, I think well, I'm we're talking- on the verge of an eco collapse, like altogether, like we're past the tipping point um, for global warming and everything. Like we, we haven't done enough and it's pretty much too late to stop this, you know, rapid rise of global temperatures. So, mm-hmm. uh, better get but here's, 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 here's my beef though, because like, if we have the ability to go and terraform an entire fucking planet that is not meant for us to be there and make it livable, we have the technology to fix Earth. If we threw our fucking resources at it, if as a fucking planet, we all went at the yeah. same thing. 
You know, that's well, all I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I know that that's like a hippie optimistic bullshit and that it takes a lot of red tape from a lot of different governments. But the truth is, like, we could do it. We know yeah. we could do it. But we have the ability we, to do anything. Here's where the pessimist in me jumps in. Uh, when you have fucking Trump pulling out of the Paris Agreement, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's kind of all for naught, right? Or when you have places like Russia and China um, kowtowing to fucking fascist regimes because they have uranium and oil deposits it's kind of all for naught, right? So, and also when you have nuclear uh, proliferation and shit, uh, there's just too many fucking irons in the fire to, uh, you know, make me feel good about the future. Has that ever like fucked with you in terms of like American superiority, which is like, listen, no one had it. And then we showed how fucking horrible it was. And then we had the fucking gall to be like, none of you can have it. Right. Like, that's fucking crazy to me, man. Like, when when Iran was trying to get one, I was like, you know what? Let them, you know? Let them have a gun, you know? Uh, and by gun, I mean that, a nuclear weapon. Sure, sure, yeah. Have a bullet, right? Like, let's just yeah. see. But like, my... we have an entire arsenal. Okay. That was the end of my thought. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, held it. You were so pregnant at that pause. Holy shit, yeah. we're going with this. No, but see, that's the difference, right? Theoretically, and I'm not trying to talk shit about any religion. You know me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the reason that they're like that is because they're like, well, Islam as a religion. You remember like when the Catholics and the fucking Protestants, they had their big war. There was a whole thing about it. There's some senseless killings for a while. You know, they got through it, but that happened. Yeah, I was, I was alive for that. <laughs> yeah, it was, what was that, like 92? <laughs> yeah, it was like 92, uh, 93. I remember that. But you know what I mean, right? before right? the like, UJ trial. <laughs> and it was, it was a real whammy for LA, man, to have that back-to-back, yeah. right? Like, Jesus back Christ. Back. You got Rodney King in the mix, too. Fuck. <laughs> LA's taking a beating, guys. <laughs> we got to stand up for LA. And now uh, it's on fire. But that's my point. So they'll say, like, oh, but Islam is, like, still trying to fucking blow shit up all the time. And if we give them a bomb, they'll, they'll surely use it because – you know, they haven't, it's one of those things where I think that like real progress comes where we, where we can definitively get out of religion and start thinking about science. Right. And so it was one of those that I read that in sapiens too, which is like, there was a time where we realized that like every problem we had could be solved with more knowledge. Like that was the key to every problem. Hey, if we learn a little bit more, we can figure out how to do this thing. And it seems like we've definitely gotten away from that, you know? And yeah. It's just, well, it's like the problem with uh, humanity in general is like we'll make strides in one direction and then the pendulum has to swing back as just as hard in the other, equal but opposite reaction to fucking every show of progress that we make. And it's uh, goddamn disgusting. And also wealth inequality, am I right? I mean, that's a problem everywhere. I'm having some real scattered thoughts here. There's a lot of things going on in the world that sucks. The whales are dying. Uh, there's trash in the rivers, red tide. Okay. Let's have a real conversation, man. No, I mean, were we having a fake conversation? No, but I feel like I want to drop any pretense of like, Oh, I got to be funny. I mean, sure. We can be funny. That's fine. But like, I get it, dude. Every day, like I read this book and I, this is fucked up. I'm sorry that I keep referencing it, but every time I read this fucking book and when I finished it, I was just left with a really, really cold feeling and just being even more sure that like, it's all over. It's yeah. all fucking over, man. Yeah, and it, and, it's and, fucking it, done. and you think about like I, what I was telling you before uh, last week, it's like we weren't trying to kill animals back when, 
you know, we just did by being there. And now that we're actually doing shit, it's just like, there's no hope for this, man. Yeah, we're kicking the squirrels out of their squirrel houses for no goddamn reason. I'm also rereading The Road right now, and I am so sure that, like, we're close to that, man. Like, I'm legit thinking, like, I know this was a story he wrote about being a father and, like, how he's going to teach his son all this shit, but he won't be around when it matters. And and it, it just, like, dude, we're so close. And when the food goes, like cannibals and shit, like I know I'm going to the darkest place in the world, but like, yeah, I think that all of that is very like, it's very possible in our life. I'm not saying in the next 20 years, I mean, maybe, but I think like definitely in the next 50 years, there could be some weird cataclysmic thing. Like when we watched yeah. Interstellar, that had problems, but like the famine, like crops stop growing. Like think about yeah. how quickly just this dust gets storms back. everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Farms failing uh, people, you know, overpopulation. Um, mitigating resources and everything. I mean, GMOs give me some hope because we're able to grow corn in arid environments because it's been genetically modified. Um, yeah but we have to get people to get over that shit too because people are like gmos and they think it's like some shit but it's not they they think that they're putting chemicals in the in the fruits and it's like they're just genetically crossbreeding things or altering them to the point that they can grow in bigger quantities or grow larger or whatever it's not all bad um there's this guy norman borlaug who was like the forefront of gmos but not working for any company he was like this activist and he like fucking probably has saved more human lives than almost any person in recent history he also probably has the closest name to boris karloff i've ever heard in my life so he's got that yeah that that, guy which which is good yeah um, I'm sorry to so, undercut his achievements, but his biggest yeah, achievement. Yeah, <laughs> Boris Karloff was a really big proponent of um, self-sustaining agriculture. <laughs> no, but uh, that's my thing. All right, but that goes into a next question, which is like, okay, we can grow food artificially, which is great. Mm-hmm. So, is there ever going to be an actual food fucking crisis? Is Soylent Green going to be a thing at some point? Like yeah. those. Are the, I'm, so you think it is? <laughs> like that's the problem? I don't know. Well, like the the thing is, like we okay, it's like you were saying, we have all of the tools, we have all the resources to improve our situation, but we we have to get organized we have to on a global scale put our heads together and agree to do a thing and stick to it right mm. but it's not gonna fucking happen because there's too many disparate elements you've got the rise of the fascist right going on all over the world drawing us back into the fucking dark ages just when we're starting to make progress and i'm not saying that the obama years were perfect but we were putting a couple steps in the right direction right yeah, and now, now we're now we're walking it back, and it's for political reasons. So you can appeal to fucking uneducated voters. That, well, I, I, but that, but that's the that's the crux of the problem there, which is that it's about education. And I think that, like, as a society, as a species, we don't we don't advance until we can realistically get rid of religion. And I'm not saying that in a shitty way. Like, religion is fine if you can separate that and science. Like, if you can have a belief structure and also be cool with fucking like the proven fucking shit then that's right. fine the, the but, problem but if is that's replaced your entire education or if you don't read anything if you just have faith in god and you trust in the people that wearing the suit and tie on tv that tell you hey i'm here for you i'm a godly man then but that's, again that's fucked that's the subjective versus the objective and it's like believe in god all you want as long as you can also believe in objective truth you know right. like things that are fucking <laughs> quantifiable that we can fucking test and prove and have repeatedly been the same result you have to be able to believe in that and Mm -hmm. until like religion isn't some fucking shit where people can use in place of education an actual goddamn fact 
we're never going to fucking advance as a species. And I, it, obviously there's like a geopolitical component to that. There's a political component, like, you know, fascists and, and right-wing extremists are always quoting the fucking Bible. Like there's, there's obviously that problem, but I just yeah. mean on a level where we can all put our best foot forward, where we can all understand that. <clears throat> yeah. You're, you're black and yeah, you're, you're white and yeah, you're Asian and yeah, you're this, this, but we're a human species. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have to preserve the fucking human species. The problem is we, we legit don't get it. We don't understand it. I think there's a part of, of like people who think that like, well, I'm white and that that person's yellow and that means that we're different. Mm-hmm. Like we're not the same. It's so right. fucking weird, man. It's like they don't, you know, they think like, that's a different species of human is Asian or African is a different species of human. And it's like not true. I literally think that's the mindset that these people have. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. And I mean, like, yes, we do have different cultures and we have different ways of thinking. There are even theories that growing up learning to speak in a certain language is going to rewire your brain in a certain way. So a person growing up speaking Mandarin is going to have a very different way of thinking than someone who grew up speaking English or Spanish or whatever. Okay. But that said, that's not enough to separate us on the larger issues. Right. And like, I, I was watching a rival the other day, not to bring this back to pop culture, but Good movie. it's got this beautiful, optimistic and very sad message. Cause it's never going to happen about, Let's forget about fucking countries. Let's forget about any of that shit. Let's just talk to each other, right? But uh, well, it's not going to happen. I don't. I don't even know if it's if it's even possible. Like you mean like a, like what's it going to take, right? Why well, I, I just I I think that what's well, weird because I think the government does serve a fucking purpose, right? Like government yeah. needs to exist. There needs to be order and stuff because sure. even though that is subjective, it, it is something we've agreed yeah. upon and it holds us together. So while I think that, yes, everyone should talk, it's like, I think countries still need to exist and function as a form of organization, but in sure, terms a form of, like, of organization, but like we need to start thinking a little more globally. Like people oh, yeah. look at globalism, like it's this bad word, or at least it's been made into this bad word. Um, and it's, it shouldn't be like in a lot of ways. Okay. Like for corporate interests. Yeah, it's not good. But in terms of, we need to start breaking down those barriers and start working together and sticking to our agreements, like just on basic shit, like the environment. And instead we're spending time on illegal immigrants mm-hmm. or creating a problem where there is none. Like most of the American economy is dependent on illegal immigration and fucking migrant workers and shit, because Americans aren't going to accept a couple of dollars an hour to pick strawberries or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. Minimum wage. So, fuck it. We're fucked. So I say, for the next couple decades, while we're all still alive, let's just enjoy our zip phones and our Zooms or whatever and fucking go down swinging. I got a pitch. What if we get all the leaders of the country and we make them watch Knight's Tale? Because I think <laughs> that if there's one thing that we can unite these fuckers on... How long did that real conversation last? Was it five minutes, ten, before you brought it back to fucking Knight's Tale? I had, I had to be honest. Like, it, it hit me, and I was like, listen, we have been It was like a light bulb went off in your head, and you're like, wait a minute, Knight's Tale. You want to I got a solution. I mean, come on, man. All the conflicts in the world. You throw a little Knight's Tale in there, and done. It's all good, yeah, man. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, what else? I feel what like you were saying what? Night's Tale was a bad thing earlier, and now you're like saying like it might. Now be, I think it might be our oh, only the, chance. Or, or wait, are you saying this is like a cataclysmic event? Like this is the thing that'll bring us all together as the world? 
is yeah, nice. That's to what I'm saying. Back, like, like re-release it, it into theaters globally <laughs> right now, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh my god, that movie was terrible." Heath Ledger, his entire career, I had no idea. It's just been nights tailing it. Yep, a lie agreed upon, and suddenly, all right. And then we, we start are- talking to our neighbors to the north and the south and the west and the east, and they're all like, "Oh my god, Heath Ledger well, sucks." Fucking homo uh, Romana. You know what I mean? What is that? <laughs> Wait, no, Ray Pax. Ra- Ray Romano? Pax homo, whatever it is. <laughs> the human piece forever. <laughs> yeah, Ray Romano. <laughs> Only Ray Romano will save us. <laughs> what if the love of Ray Romano is what brings us all together? Not the hate of Knight's Tale, just the love of I Ray Romano. I heard everybody loved him, but it's I like, uh, it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's not good. That's just what he said. It's like his catchphrase, right? It's okay. I don't know. It's fine. I, I, Ray Romano is wonderful in every way, but I never watched that show. I mean, oh, that's how my much I love him. brother's in my house again. <laughs> he, oh, what my is brother. it with <laughs> sitcoms with people walking into the front door? Yeah. Unwanted house guests. Just that, that's a constant trope where nobody locks their fucking door. Like, this is America. We're not living in Michael Moore's Canada here. In every <laughs> sitcom, you got Kramer bursting into the apartment. You've got fucking Urkel just like jumping in being like, did I do that? And then like knocking down a fucking entire wall or blowing up their basement. Right. It's like that kid should have been in juvenile hall like many times over. (laughs) An alternative version of that show is way darker and (laughs) way more revealing. Wasn't the the dad a cop or am I thinking of a different show? Well, Urkel was the neighbor. That's the fucked up thing about Family Matters. He's not even the fucking like family. So the the actual family, yeah. uh, What's his face plays the cop. What's his name? Carl Winslow plays the cop. How is this guy never arrested this kid? This kid is breaking (laughs) into a cop's house constantly and fucking it up. If anyone has has the right to do so, right? Like, what are we waiting on? Like the nerve on that fucking, that nerd, man. You know what it was? Carl Winslow was in a situation where he's like, look, I'm an inner city Chicago. Like this fucking kid is a bookworm. You know, he could be fucking on the corner selling drugs. Like I can't fucking ruin this kid's life, but he tested him. There were times where like, so he's picturing a scenario where Urkel goes away to prison and he comes back and he's like fucking hard now. (laughs) Yeah, man. He's got fucking spider tattoos and shit like that. Teardrops. Got, like the teardrops and everything. Yeah. He's killed like five people in prison. And he's like, I did do that. You know what I mean? Going around. I did do that. <laughs> uh, no, the voice is gone. He can't even oh. <laughs> can't have the voice anymore. Although, I mean, it's kind of it's like a Mike Tyson situation. If he's like 40 pounds yeah. heavier, got he's, muscles, he's like he's jacked still got or that whatever, voice. He's like, I did do that. And the rest of fucking Family Matters is a goddamn four-season cat and mouse game where Carl Winslow knows it only ends <laughs> one way, okay? But... So it's like a real Heisenberg Hank situation. Yeah, man. They have a showdown in the Chicago desert. Yeah, but see, the difference here is Carl Winslow feels responsible for the monster he created. At the fucking end, he, like, tells him that he feels responsible for it. He breaks him down. He's like, I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. But he's like, fuck you, Carl Winslow. And, like, it's raining and it's beautiful and he's holding him. And then you just hear And then he just, like, stabs him in the back. Yes, dude. Carl Winslow stabs Urkel. I mean, you know. But then Urkel, like, shoots him at the same time. and They (laughs) They die in the rain. It's beautiful. And then they get buried together. their, Their blood, like, mixes together in a puddle goes down a storm drain <laughs> cut to black two years later the family's visiting the twin graves but like, would it be a good it'd be a good twist though because like the family's there and they're talking to urkel and then you see winslow's grave and it has a, a year on it but then he walks up all crippled and you're like wait what i thought he was dead and he's like oh nah, man 
I, I, I thought I thought you were gonna carry it and have like a fucking Urkel's hand at the last second just pop through the grave. Well, no, you didn't let me. And that's the he point. Goes, He's there as an old man. He's like faked his death. <laughs> He's visiting his own grave for some reason. It's a real fucked up Tom Sawyer situation. As, then Urkel as comes we back. are wont to do in faking our own deaths. Yeah, and then Urkel pops up, and it sets up the sequel series, and he's, you know, it's like a warm body situation. Urkel falls or, in love. Like, <laughs> like, during his time in prison, Urkel, like, invented, like, a, a zombie backup plan for himself. Yeah, this is this died. is a put pilot. We gotta throw this shit back door so we can start the yeah. spinoff. <laughs> this it's is a, weird... a show I would actually watch. It has a laugh track the whole time, by the way. Yeah, of course. I mean, you stay as faithful to the fucking. I'm just saying, Family Matters would have been way fucking darker, man. It would have been a way better show. And again, it all you touch on a lot of fucking things. You touch on fucking race in America, how he didn't want to just make another fucking criminal by putting some. I mean, yeah, he was breaking and entering all the time. I mean, all, all the, the time. time. But you know, it was all good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being okay for him, and it's de- like you could have done that show and then had like a fucking Saint Elsewhere esque moment where you realize that like it, it, you know, it was what could have been, but instead it was like a fucking sliding door situation. Oh, you were man. good the whole time. I just had another pitch for this alternately, where right. like the first episode, like Urkel just burst through the door, and Winslow's got like PTSD from his years being on the street as a hard boiled cop. He just shoots him right away. <laughs> oh my god! Like, hey, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> He's bleeding out. He's like, oh fuck! And then no. and then the rest of the show is just them dealing with family matters without an annoying neighbor <laughs> to contend with. I mean, probably the biggest matter is the impending like trial that's about to happen. So you murdered. I mean, like, does look, Chicago I my- have a st- yeah? Is this a stand your ground type situation? I don't He's think a real so. George Zimmerman. Like he becomes hated in his community because he killed Urkel. Yeah, like again, imagine he's still a cop in this show, right? So, <laughs> or no, like- wait, everybody hates Urkel. He'd become a celebrated figure. It'd be a reverse Zimmerman. Do you think that they'd be celebrating the death of a team? Like, listen, I know he had his whole life ahead of him, but. God damn it. Think about what that life would have entailed. Like, you, like you saved what we don't know, time. what is not shown is that Urkel spends all of his time just bursting into people's houses and ruining their day. It's not just the Winslows or whatever. Listen, I, I, you know, we, we all fucking knew it was a problem and we all knew something had to be done about it. And he was the only one who had the fucking gall <laughs> to do the something. Only bastard that did it. It's like, it's like in the burbs when the entire neighborhood just bands together to take down the creepy people. Yeah, the aliens. The, 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 or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> was that attack uh, of the block? <laughs> That was att- <laughs> yeah, that's attack the block. That is not like the burbs at all. Um, You're talking about the actual movie, The Burbs. My bad. Yeah, I you were saying yeah, like, with, with Tom Hanks, which I saw for the first time recently. Also, you um, loved it. I really liked it. There's a lot of weird. That's 80- Dante. That's Joe Dante. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's yeah. Joe Dante. that's why it's great, man. Yeah, followed um, up with Gremlins too, bro. <laughs> and fucking uh, what? What's his name? Bruce Dern is great in it as like a a veteran guy. As a, as a then cantankerous old man. So yeah. imagine. Like, yeah, he was a lot more spry back then. 32 years later. Now he playing. looks like a living skeleton. He should play the Crypt Keeper if they ever reboot that show. If they do the remake, it's obvious. It's low-hanging fruit to anyone. It's got to be Bruce Stern. <laughs> Who else is it going to be? Um, you, so uh, <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm not over Bruce Dern fucking playing Crypty because I hope he plays it straight up too and he's making puns and shit. He would have to be as fabulous as the Crypty we all know and love. 
Can you imagine Bruce Dern saying "fabu"? You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I need. I can. That's the thing. I can imagine it, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful actor, man. There's an episode of Seinfeld where, where again, where Kramer's always busting into the door, but uh, Jerry, I think it's either he had a bad dream about a stalker, or someone called him and was like, "I'm gonna get you." And Jerry gets really scared, so he starts locking his doors for the first time ever. Now, again, <laughs> this is a '90s New York. Like, you should be locking your doors, Jerry, but it's the one time. So it's like Kramer fucking tries to do the Kramer thing, and you just hear the loudest thud in the door, like fucking, because <laughs> he's like, "What the fuck happened?" And then he unlocks the door. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, who's gonna stalk Jerry Seinfeld, man? Fuck that guy, <laughs> like. I've been binge watching uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. For kind of awful, reason. but parts of that, it are good. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld just leads leads this charmed life where, <laughs> like, anytime any comedian complains about having anxiety or money troubles or not being sure of themselves, he's like, "Stop it! Just stop!" And it's like, "You're you're a fucking billionaire, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, you're the, the anomaly, up. dude." Like. <laughs> Like Larry David, I mean, I wonder how much money Larry David has for making that show because I want to tell yeah. you that I feel like the real success of Seinfeld is Larry David's. Like when he leaves the show, you can see that it's not the same show anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but Jerry Seinfeld's the face, so you assume he's got all the fucking money for that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. Who the fuck, who would ever waste the time stalking that guy? You know what I mean? I mean, I hate him. You could get some money out of him if you mugged him. He's probably always carrying like Seinfeld carries. Come on, man. Probably a lot. Like you could rob him at gunpoint for one of those fucking vintage cars he's always driving around. Yeah, at least that. (laughs) Or or do you think? Or you'd probably rob him like on the day that he's shooting an episode with a shitty old car because he thinks it's (laughs) funny to like pair a shitty car with like a fucking poor comedian. This car reminds me of my next guest, who's poor as shit too. Kind of run down. Kind of yeah. Kind of has a weird smell. Anyways, give it up for Mike Berbiglia or whatever. Yeah. I yeah. like that if you would have done that to Hannibal Burris, which is just like, there's so many racial <laughs> overtones to that, number one. It's just like, <laughs> like Hannibal Burris has waited his whole goddamn like, life to be able to ride a goddamn Lamborghini like duo or whatever right. the fuck it is. It comes up and it's an 83 Chevy Coupe de Ville or some shit. You're like, God damn it, man. Like, what are we it's doing? like a fucking Geo or something. Oh, my God, Geo. <laughs> It's like a shitty Alfa Romeo in the in the seventies, you know, when they were like yeah. straight up plastic cars or whatever. Man, cars. I'm just saying, fuck Jerry Seinfeld. I really don't like him. I think he's a real asshole, and he always has to make the most mild takes on anything. Mm. Like what? Like oh, Roseanne, oh, that was overkill, or like James Gunn, oh, that was silly. It's just like mild. He's the, he doesn't come out strong in favor yeah. of anything. But he's and- he's always just like. The thing he's strongest in favor of is not freaking out about anything or having a strong opinion on anything. You're right. Um, He's always just like, why are you worried about it? And it's like, people have worries and concerns because they're not all billionaires, Jerry. He really is like the Quentin Tarantino of of TV people, right? Like he's always been successful and he's always been able to do anything that he's wanted. And he doesn't realize like the position that he's in. Where yeah. it's like, yeah, you're you're a guy who can walk into a room and get $150 million to go make a Western. And you think yeah. that everyone can do that. It's like, no, you privileged fucking cunts. Like, people have some <laughs> real shit going on. And I hate Jerry Seinfeld. And as we well established, man, he's a goddamn slaver because he, he trademarked his name. So fuck him, man. I hate him. Remember that time uh, we tried to name our thing, Seinfeld.com. We couldn't. He trademarked us. He 
threatened us with, with litigation. That said, Jerry Seinfeld, if you have any work that you need <laughs> done, just give me a call. Um, you know, just reach out to my people, a.k.a. me. I just hate him, man. I don't know why. I hate him so much. Um, unless you like me, then I'd be pro-Jerry again. 